Well, welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again this week. What a tremendous last couple of weeks of interviews we have had. And uh, the one in June, this next one, again, another great opportunity to speak with another pastor. I will tease that. Some more perspective and a female's perspective, which we need more of those always in our lives. So that's what will be coming up here in June. Cannot wait for you all to hear those and I just want to say that the continued feedback support on all of our podcast platforms, including our YouTube channel, uh, has been amazing. You know, I, I don't reach reach out and and say this enough, probably because I don't really utilize social media as much. Because I don't know, I, I'm probably not as good at it. But I just want to let you know that the appreciation is there. That's why I think everyone in the openings of this particular podcast um, so much is that I do care about all of that. And I'm not trying to gain a massive following here. I'm trying to impact those people in my life that I know. And we get around 50 uh, listeners an episode, and that is A-OK to me. If God blesses us with with more ears, then that's, that's God's plan. But for those who have been faithfully listening and who have been telling other people, I really appreciate it. And we're going to go after... Some more perspectives, new guests, some perspectives that maybe I don't agree with or I don't align with at all. Like, I'm not afraid to talk to people that I disagree with because I think that's healthy. And, I mean, when we're talking about faith, we're talking about Christianity, a lot of right and wrong language can be very polarizing, especially when we think we are so right. And there's a lot of humility that that comes when God you know, smacks us down and lets us know what truly is important. So it's just something that I wanted to throw out there. And I don't know, I'm just so blessed to to have been able to do this here for several months. And it's a success. And for all the people that have supported me, um, provided logos, software support, um, tips, uh, you name it. I thank all of you for that. And we're going to keep going. And so uh, please connect with us if you want to, again, on any podcasting platform, including YouTube. And I'm on Facebook posting those links every Wednesday morning that a new episode comes out. So thanks, everyone. And uh, as a side note, if you're listening here the week of May 30th, that would be the Sunday before you're listening to this, I want to wish you all a happy belated Memorial Day um, in the United States, a time that uh, we celebrate and also mourn um, those who have gone before us um, in service of our country. So that is something that I wanted to say thank you if I have any um, veterans or those um who had family members who served and who um, unfortunately uh, were or killed in combat and in the line of duty. I just want to say thank you to those who have passed on. And I want to say thank you to those families who, who had um, those loved ones who were willing to sacrifice and including uh, those who put themselves in harm's way every single day. Uh, thank you for that sacrifice. We literally owe you our lives. So thank you for your sacrifice. Alrighty. I guess speaking in a way to segue terribly to sacrifice, this past week my my church and I we went over salvation. You know we we're we're in this time where we just celebrated Pentecost a week and a half ago. By the time you're listening to this, and it's a reminder in our Christian calendar now that we are in the same era as the disciples, as Acts chapter two describes, where God interacted with His creation through direct contact in the Old Testament, then through the prophets, then through 
Son Jesus being sent, and then the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, for the last you know two millennia, we've interacted with God in the same way through His Holy Spirit, and there can be a lot of disagreements and and how you you know hear from the Spirit and and what is the Spirit, and that's something that my congregation and I talked about a couple of weeks before Pentecost because if we're going to celebrate the Holy Spirit's you know coming and indwelling presence in our lives, we probably should be aware of what that is. And that's what I talked about a couple weeks ago, is what are we tuning our hearts towards? What are we listening for in our lives? And as we still go out and preach the gospel, we still preach the message of salvation that is available to all and has been made known, hopefully, to all by us Christians. Uh, I have to, to pause because for a lot of people still, salvation can feel earned. And again, we live in a highly transactional and a consumeristic society. So just think, for example, if if you're on if you are maybe on Christmas Day or your birthday and somebody gives you a gift, you might be less likely to feel obligated to return that because you recognize the time and the season that it's a you know, hopefully a, a time of generosity. Um, unfortunately, in our society, that's only you know, once a year, usually Christmas and then maybe at your birthday. But, you know, maybe I guess more so on Christmas, if someone were to give you a Christmas present, you, you might feel maybe a little embarrassed because you didn't get that person a gift. You didn't return that particular, uh, you know, act of kindness. And, and that, that's something that, you know, I, I think all of us have been there. You know, and birthdays maybe not as much because it is about you. It's like if someone gives you a birthday gift, you don't go run out and say, oh, I didn't get you one. Well, it's not your birthday. Well, let's say it's not Christmas and it's not your birthday. Not any special occasion or anything. It's just a random day of the week, random day in, in the calendar year. And somebody comes up to you and they give you something. Now, in our society here in the United States, I, I can't speak for those overseas that it would be somewhat skeptical. I think a lot of us would be like, okay, what's the catch here, right? It's the it's the constant warning, the age-old warning of, well, if it sounds to be good to be true, uh, you know, that that's that's something that I've grown up with in, in my life is just being weary of, you know, in a way of random acts of kindness, not maybe intentionally, and it's odd to probably describe it that way. But when you look at it, if someone were to give you something, and it doesn't have to be extravagant, but let's say it it's something very small or extravagant. It doesn't really matter. A lot of us might be thinking, oh, man, like, does this person want something in return? Or there's got to be a downside here because that just doesn't happen. And that's how I think a lot of us still feel about salvation is, you know, at least in the, the Protestant church, we've we've known for years. I grew up knowing knowing this that you can't earn your salvation. It's something that's you know a product of God's grace and that He gives to you and you can't earn it. I totally understand it. Like people with their head understand, yeah, salvation is free. We can't earn it. But then we look at passages like in the book of James, for example, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, you know, show me the idea of like you show me your faith by your deeds. And a lot of people say, well, isn't, is that a contradiction? Well, no, because, you know, there's got to be fruit. You know, Galatians 5 talks about that, of, you know, when you taste somebody's life, when they say they're a Christian, it better taste like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If they don't have that, that is a way that we can use, you know, Matthew chapter 7, we can measure against ourselves as Christians, hold each other accountable. It 
it's throwing that whole message, you know, do not judge lest you be judged. And the same way you measure someone, it'll be measured against you. So if somebody's guilty of embezzling money or stealing money from the offering plate, I have a biblical way of going to that person. Jesus even gave us that instruction, if not one, then two. And then, you know, Paul in, in combination tells us that we can expel that person from us. If they don't, once they're held accountable, they don't want to ex- receive rebuke. Now, what it's not saying is if I'm also stealing and I accuse my brother or sister, you know, it's kind of like uh, we're, I'm not removing the plank from my own eye. So all these, all these passages are connected. We just need to read them and understand them. But if you just cherry pick the Bible to prove your own point, which many of us do, then you're going to run into some, I would say, logical um, inconsistencies. And that's, I would say, it's, I guess it's illogical uh, conclusions. Um, but I think the point that I'm trying to make is when we assess our salvation, we look at these passages, we're still trying to earn our salvation because it maybe it seems too good to be true. Like the idea that I can confess with my mouth that Lord um, that Jesus Christ is Lord, and then you know I live, quote-unquote, as a good person, whatever the definition of good is, but let's say my fruit is there. I, I am a changed person, but then I get eternal life for it, and God died you know, so that he can make himself you know, accessible, that we can come to him. You know, Jesus' blood covers us, uh, those blemishes, and we can come to the throne of God justified, not because of any of our works, but because of what Christ did. I didn't ask Jesus to die for me. I wasn't there saying, hey, you know, I know I'm kind of bad, but could you help me out here as an advocate? Can you kind of be my personal lawyer and defend me? No one was doing that. So we get this amazing gift. Now, ironically, it does cost us our lives in in the spiritual way that we do have to die to our own self. But And that's a tremendous cost. So it's definitely not free. But when we think in our transactional society, it's like, well, what do I give Jesus? Well, he wants our lives, but we, we are kind of stuck in that sacrificial sense, like, okay, I need to physically give something. Like, again, if somebody gave you a gift, let's say you can trust a friend, you know, got you a big present, bought you shoes, bought, gave you a gift card. Some of us, instead of being happy and being very joyful and being very um, grateful that this person did it because that was a gift, maybe God told them to, we instead try to steal their joy their generosity by saying, you know, um, you know, you didn't have to do that or no, I can't accept it. You ever had that happen? When somebody gives, tries to give you something or put yourself in their shoes, you try to give something to somebody else and it's not for a viral video. It's not because you want to look good. It's because you want it to and you love that person and they reject it because either they're not humble enough or too insecure to receive a gift. Has that ever happened? I'm just wondering if we do that to Jesus as well. We don't accept that gift of eternal life because instead of saying, okay, Jesus, I understand this, but I still have to earn it, you know? It's kind of a slap in the face to, to Christ. Saying, yeah, okay, God, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to serve you, but I, I just, you know, it's just perplexing. I have to earn it. I got to do something physical in order to, to you know, accept this for me, because no, mind you, you know, giving my life, picking up my cross daily, I understand all that. It's good, but how I feel, I know I have to do more. And, and I think we see those people. We see it in our own hearts, where we see the constant struggle to accept that. 
And so we do more. We overload our work uh, with extra tasks, responsibilities. We're busy bodies in the church or outside the church trying to maybe fill that gap, maybe adding some extra brownie points. Maybe we're in an attempt to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. We're covering that with works here on earth. And I'm not saying works are not there. I'm not diluting the James passage, but it's our motive. What is our motive for doing it? And that's something that God has to to do because, I mean, God has to make that call. We can't as humans unless we're physically, you know, we're told like, hey, my motive was this. Like, well, I believe you then. What is our motive for doing the things that we do? Are we doing them because that's what simply Jesus asks us to do? Or we just happen to be doing what Jesus asked, but in our hearts, we're like, well, I, I feel obligated to do this. I, I, you know, I, Jesus died for me, so I kind of have to. Well, doesn't that make us feel great, right? Doesn't that make that person just feel really warm? Like, all right, Jesus did this monumentous thing for me. I guess I have to do this. Wow, that makes him feel great. So I just want us to think, rethink our salvation we can't earn it. It's God's gift to us. We can accept that. Now, with that come the things of, you know, this is what your life ought to look like now. Here is what I demand of you. I demand for you your life. But if we're going to say, okay, I got this, but then to keep it, in order to keep this salvation, I have to do these works. It has nothing to do with that. And in fact, if you look at that type of language, it's all about us. It's less about Christ and his mission and his goal for, for the planet and the human race the church. It's about us. It's my own insecurity. I can't accept this. So I just want you to ask yourselves, what am I doing with my own salvation? What am I doing with the gift that God gave me? Am I being a good steward of it or am I wasting it? Just some thoughts for us. Thanks everyone. May God bless you and may God keep you.